0: The song is actually money, but the group is Flying Lizards, and that's the best music I could find to set up our next interview. The discovery of dinosaur fossils always grabs headlines, but a bone bed discovered near Grand Prairie almost 10 years ago now is revealing all sorts of smaller animals, like Lizards. Harder to find, but still a very important piece of the puzzle into our prehistoric ecosystem. Dr. Corwin Sullivan, Associate Professor and Associate Chair, Department of Biological Sciences, University of Alberta, joining us this afternoon. Professor Sullivan, thanks so much for your time.
1: Oh, thanks very much for having me, Angela. Great to chat.
0: Take me back to 2014 in Grand Prairie, close to Grand Prairie. What was discovered?
1: Well, I can't totally take you back there because I wasn't there, but colleagues with whom I'm now collaborating uh, discovered a site that we call the D.C. Bone Bed, and this is a spot on the north bank of the Wapiti River, uh, just a little southeast of Grand Prairie, where we're finding bones and teeth of a wide variety of sort of small to medium-sized fossil vertebrates.
0: Okay, you weren't there in 2014, but I'm sure your colleagues still talk about it. That's pretty incredible. So it's, it's only 11 kilometers, I understand, from Grand Prairie. And when you say a bone bed, what, do you think this was an easy discovery, or did someone just say, L- look at the, the edge of that river, and what are we discovering here?
1: Well, one thing about doing paleontological field work in the Grand Prairie area is that almost all of the rock exposures are along waterways, rivers, and creeks. So when we're looking for fossils, what we typically do is just work our way uh, along rivers and creeks, sometimes in a boat, but more often just on foot, uh, looking for little patches of rock exposure, and then we search those patches carefully and uh, see if there are fossils there. Uh, So my colleagues were doing that when the D.C. bone bed was discovered, and at that spot, uh, they noticed small fossils uh, eroding out of the riverbank and realized that it was a good spot to dig. And this was actually a river channel back in the Cretaceous when the fossils were deposited. Um, We know from the geology There was a river there, uh, and it intersects the path of the current Vapiti River. So in this ancient river channel, bones and teeth were being deposited, and now we can dig them out from the bank of the modern Vapiti River.
0: So over the last number of years, that's what paleontologists have been doing, focusing on this area just to see what fossils they've discovered?
1: Uh, yes, we have a few spots uh, in the Grand Prairie area, and of course, we're always prospecting and trying to find uh, new things because the uh, southern Alberta is well-known as a source of fossil of dinosaurs and other things. Dinosaur Provincial Park is famous, and there are many other sites. Uh, but the northern part of the province is somewhat less explored. Somewhat, Some work has been done up there. Some sites are known. But uh, my colleagues and I are convinced that there's plenty more to discover.
0: I, I said, D- so, sorry, go ahead, Corin.
1: Oh, I was just going to say that the D.C. bone bed is one important site, but there are a few others where we work regularly.
0: You'll learn you can't pause with me. I just jump right in. <laughs> okay there i just paused for you uh so uh, when i said at the beginning the the big dinosaur fossils they always grab the headlines but uh, tell me why it is important to find these smaller things like i'm reading that there's been the discovery of a a crustaceous era lizard in this area Uh, why is it so important to find the smaller animals just as much as the large ones
1: well i think you said it exactly right, during your introduction. That they're important pieces of the puzzle. Um, but we, we have the dinosaurs, and yes, they're, they're headline-grabbing, they're obvious, and the other thing about dinosaurs is that their, their bones are robust, right? They survive relatively well. Whereas something like a lizard or a, a small mammal, imagine a, a shrew-sized or mouse-sized mammal back in the Cretaceous, or a bird, has relatively delicate bones that are less likely to be preserved and to make it into the fossil record in the first place. And then, of course, if It does make it into the fossil record in order to be discovered by paleontologists. It has to erode out of the rock and it has to survive that process rather than just crumbling uh, as the elements work on it today. So it's less common to find bones of smaller things. But, of course, back in the Cretaceous, dinosaurs were coexisting with other things in a whole ecosystem. There were mammals, there were lizards, there were fish, uh, there were turtles. And if we want to understand the entire fauna, if we want to understand the ecosystem as opposed to just the biggest and most exciting members of the ecosystem, uh, we need to sample the whole thing. We need to collect any evidence that we can find of these smaller vertebrates and try to understand what it means.
0: Dr. Corwin Sullivan, Associate Professor and Associate Chair, Department of Biological Sciences at the University of Alberta, just talking about some of the discoveries of uh, the fossils in the Grand Prairie, Wapiti River area. Uh, The original bone bed was discovered way back in 2014. So even when you find this lizard, and to me this sounds impossible because you mentioned how it has to survive, this fossil, all these uh, elements and you find the fossil, then how do you learn from that little bone, little fossil?
1: Uh, well it's a matter of identifying it as precisely as possible uh, and then thinking about the implications so uh, what we actually found there are two lizard bones that we have from the DC bone bed uh, one is an ankle bone which is not very informative but the other is a skull bone and the, the skull bone is very interesting it's a bone that we call the frontal it's from the the middle of the skull uh, it's just one of the two frontals that this animal would have had uh, and it's covered in knobs of bone that we call osteos and osteoderms are little pieces of bone that formed within the skin and fused to the frontal and there's really only one lizard group alive today or that we know of in the fossil record that has osteoderms of the kind that were seen on this specimen and that's a group that believe it or not is called the monster Soria uh, its' modern members are the gila monster and the and the so-called beaded lizards um, they're from Uh, The southwestern United States and Mexico down down into Guatemala. Um, These are relatively large, venomous lizards, Uh, and so because of the osteoderms that we could see on this frontal, and because of a couple of other features, like the fact that it wasn't fused to the opposite frontal, uh, we can say with a high degree of confidence that this frontal belongs to a large, late Cretaceous monster sore, Uh, so we know that it was a member of that particular group that was present in the Grand Prairie area about 73 million years ago.
0: So if we're talking about even um, a relative of the Gila monster, then they usually need very warm conditions. Is this what you also then can look at as to what the climate was 70 million years ago?
1: Uh, Yes. Well, I'd certainly like to understand the climate better. Um, But the evidence that we have suggests that it was somewhat warmer than today. We know that the late Cretaceous was a much warmer time than our modern world. There wouldn't have been ice caps at the poles. Uh, There wouldn't have been as big a temperature difference between the poles and the equator uh, as we have today. So you can imagine that not, not exactly a tropical climate up there, but a temperate sort of climate, maybe even verging towards a subtropical climate, and it seems that this lizard was able to exist up there quite happily. Of course, what we can also say is that it was still dark during the winter. Right, that the, the mm. temperature had changed, but the, uh, the the light conditions had not. Um, so this lizard. So the climate would have still been very seasonal and this lizard still had to get through a period of winter darkness, even though it was relatively warm. And what's interesting about that to me is that the gila monster and the beaded lizards today inhabit environments that are quite seasonal. They inhabit places like the Sonora Desert that cool down a fair bit uh, in the winter, and the the beaded lizards inhabit what are called seasonally dry tropical forests in large part. Uh, And these are forests that, as the name implies, have a pronounced wet season and dry season. So uh, seasonal conditions uh, seem to be good for these uh, monster saurian lizards.
0: Corwin, when you talk about a skull bone, can you even give me a comparison for size? Is this the size of a loony or bigger than that?
1: Um, it's, I'd have to measure a loony, but it's about three and a half centimeters long. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhat, somewhat, yeah, bigger, bigger than a loony, Mm -hmm. uh, I'd say. Um, and it's just a part of the skull. Of course, the skull is like a three-dimensional jigsaw puzzle, right? Of different bones that fit together. Um, but the entire skull, uh, was probably more like 130, um, millimeters long, so 13 centimeters. Incredi- and the whole lizard was probably more like a meter or a little longer. So it would have been a fairly
0: hefty reptile. So this bone bed is going to continue to be excavated or searched by paleontologists? I mean, how, how much longer will this, will you search for the clues?
1: Uh, well, this, this particular bone bed, um, there's probably enough rock rock exposure there to keep us going for several more years. Um, We do a bit of excavating every field season. We collect some things and we don't try to expose them fully in the field uh, because they're quite delicate and if we try to expose them fully we often end up destroying them. So we dig carefully through the bone bed with hand tools. As soon as we see we have a specimen we bring it back with some surrounding rock uh, and then they get prepared in the lab um, by my very good technician uh, Robin Sissons. Uh, So we have some unprepared material from the bone bed that we collected last summer. Um, We'll collect more this coming summer and probably for a few seasons into the future. So there will be further discoveries.
0: You are all very patient people. Corwin, thanks so much for this. My pleasure. Dr. Corwin Sullivan, Associate Professor, Associate Chair, Department of Biological Sciences, University of Alberta. Very interesting. Happening right around the Grand Prairie area, Wapiti River.